Would you pray with me, please? Father, in the precious name of your Son, Jesus Christ, I ask that you be with us now. I pray that you would open our hearts and our minds and our souls to you, Father. I pray that our hearts be drawn to your heart. Father, I I pray that your Holy Spirit would so speak to us, my precious God, that we be led to worship you in truth and spirit, that we be led to worship you with all that we are and all that we have. For you are worthy, my Father, of true worship. We adore you. We submit ourselves to you in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Good morning, everyone. It's good to be back with you. Hope you miss me. If you didn't, that's good too. That means you had uh, good people in my place. And that is also a delight for me. Uh, I do want to thank uh, Father Steve uh, very much and Alex. Where's Alex? Over there. Uh, I do want to thank them both for taking my place. Uh, the two Sundays that I uh, was away, uh, they, they both did an amazing job. Um, I know because I listened to both their sermons. Uh, and I, I know that they, they did a great job. And uh, to Father Steve, I, I want to say, brother, I will never hurt you. Uh, I, I, even if you don't preach uh, what I ask you to preach, you can be sure I will never hurt you. <laughs> I just did and and to Alex, um, uh, I really thank you as well, my brother. I uh, you, you did a great job. Um, I don't think I will let you preach again because I, I'm afraid I'll be without a job. You might take over any moment. You did so well. Um, I did uh, pay attention to to both the sermons and. And boy, you, you really, you really blessed and you really did exactly what I, I asked you to do and, and beyond. And, and I really appreciate that. Um, everybody knows here, um, at least the members of our church and the people that have been coming uh, regularly. And, and I am aware that we have some visitors and that we have some people that are with us possibly the first time. And um, the, you might think that this sermon does not pertain to you, but I want to say to you that it does. That it does, whether you're part of this church or you're part of another church, this is still the Word of God that is going to be preached to you, and you can apply this at home uh, among your people and, and, and with your God. So, um, so please don't check out on me just because... Uh, you are not part of what we're doing at St. David's this month. Apply to yourselves the things that you feel are applicable. Um, but this, this month of October, every year we designate the month of October uh, to be the month that we teach our people and encourage our people in their giving. Uh, we prepare for our stewardship campaign, is what we do during the month of October. 
this month, uh, I have written our congregation uh, three letters. Everyone should have received all three letters uh, preparing us. Uh, we have written about it in our newsletter. And, of course, uh, the two sermons that both uh, Father Steve and Alex preached were both on uh, preparing our people to come before God next week, uh, which is the conclusion of our stewardship campaign. Uh, what's going to happen next week is that um, were three things in particular besides the worship of God and the fact that I will continue to teach from the word of the Lord. But what's going to happen is that every one of the members of this church, everyone that is here next Sunday is going to stand before God and we're going to recommit our lives to the Lord. We're going to reaffirm that there is but one God and there is no other besides him. There's no one like him. And that we are committed, surrendered, obedient servants and disciples of that one God and not another. We will not bow down ever to any other God, any other entity or anything that wants to replace the worship of God or the obedience that God deserves in our lives. So we're going to do that next week. And I'm going to lead you in recommitting your lives to the Lord. The second thing that we're going to do as an act of, or a partial act of that recommitment, is that every one of the members of St. David's uh, will come up to the altar, and we are going to deposit on the altar, we're going to deposit our pledge cards, uh, confirming our giving for 2015, for next year. We're going to put it on the altar because you're not going to give it to an usher and you're not going to give it to me because it has nothing to do with an usher and it has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with your responsibilities before Almighty God and, and the way that you uh, worship the Lord. So every member of St. Davis, and if you haven't already received your card, and if you don't receive it by Monday, please call the office and we will send it to you. And we will have some extra ones in case somebody forgets. But we're going to come up to the altar. I'll probably set up a table right here. And you will come up and you will pray and thank the Lord for all the blessings you've received. And there you will place your commitment to the ministry of God for the year to come. And from that is that we're going to determine the outreach and the ministry that we're going to be doing in 2015. We'll prepare our budget from that according to the way that the church supports that ministry. And then the third thing that we're going to do next week is we're going to take the parish picture. We're going to take a parish picture of everyone at St. David's who, who is with us uh, next week. Uh, we have been doing that since I became uh, the rector, senior pastor of St. David's. Uh, this would be like our 24th year that we do this because I've always felt that it's good to memorialize the people that have supported this ministry, founded this ministry, carried this ministry, sacrificed and suffered for this ministry, and it's going to be memorialized in a picture. We have 23 of them already, and I look forward to the day we own our own church again, and we can put a wall with all the pictures of all the people that have been with us, supported us, and encouraged us throughout the years, those that have gone to be with the Lord, as well as those who 
who have gone on because the Lord does move people uh, from place to place. But uh, my prayer is that uh, we will memorialize everyone that supports that ministry. Uh, one day we will look at those pictures and, and you'll be able to say, who's that guy with hair? <laughs> Father Jose, right? But uh, I think it's always been important that we memorialize and, and in that way also thank people. You know, really thank people and, and have a place where we show the saints of God who have been part of this ministry uh, for the years that, that we have been together, and especially the last year in which we have had to be stronger than ever and more united than ever as we have moved on into our future. I think it is extremely important that God's people learn uh, to be good stewards of all that God uh, has given us and placed in our hands. I think it's imperative uh, I, I think we all need to acknowledge, not just with our lips, but we need to acknowledge that all things that have ever been created ultimately belong to God. Yes. That there's nothing that doesn't belong to God. There's nothing that has not come from His hand in one way or another, whether we have created it by the talents and the gifts that we have received, by the strength that we have received. But there's so much that is not created by us, and we had nothing to do with it, uh, whether it's in creation or in the spiritual life. There's nothing that is our own. All things are from God. All things are unto God, including ourselves. And we need to, to acknowledge that and learn that. Uh, as we do this, uh, it all belongs to him, including ourselves and all that we have. Now, whenever we speak about stewardship or I teach you about stewardship, immediately everybody thinks money. Uh, and, and indeed, stewardship uh, has a lot to do with money. But I think it's important for us to recognize that stewardship has to do with our time, our talent and our treasure. And I don't want to diminish at all those other two uh, to just focus on, on treasure. Because the reality is that our time is God's time. Folks, we are here passing on a journey. Our days, our times, our hours, our minutes are all in God's hands. We live by the grace of God. We live by the sustenance of God, the sustenance of God. We live in the hope that when this life is finished, we have a home in heaven in a time that is called eternity that belongs to God and God alone and he gives to those whom he wants to give. So time is an issue of God. Our time to be born, our time to die, our time to live in the middle. And I want to encourage all of you that, that knowing your heart that you are stewards of God's time, that you have been given a certain amount of it, I want to encourage you that you make it a point to give unto God a tithe of your time. You have 24 hours a day. And I want to encourage you to consider giving unto God 2.4 hours a day 
for the Lord. And that could be in service. That could be in ministering to the poor or the needy. It could be in prayer. I think Christians should be praying every day and not SOS prayers when you have an emergency, nor prayers in a rush because you have to get to work and so you decide you're going to pray in the car. I'd rather you get up a little earlier and give the Lord some real quality time of spending time with Him in prayer. I think we ought to give to the Lord a tithe of our time. We need to figure it out. We need to spend time in in study. We need to give the Lord time to learn His Word. We need to join a Bible study. We need to join ministries. We need to be active with the Lord. So I want to encourage you to figure out how you can give the Lord a tithe of your time. Because the rest of the 24 hours, you can do whatever you want within what God wants you to do. But I want you to consider that, your testimony, when you're at work and you speak to a, to a, a person, when you pray for someone that you hear that, uh, that is ill, um, all these things that you figure out time to give uh, to the Lord or do the work of the Lord. I want you to think of stewardship of talent. So many people here are talented. So many people here have gifts and abilities, born with, studied at school, experienced in life, or just gifts of the Spirit. There are people here who play probably musical instruments that should be up here aiding Chris and aiding the team and leading us all in worship. There are people that have abilities of all kinds. There are people called to prayer that should be praying. There are people that are good teachers that should be teaching. There are people with numerous gifts and abilities, leadership, service, all kinds of things. And I want you to consider giving unto the Lord as well 10% of your talent using it for him don't just use it to get a career and go up in a career and make a lot of money don't take one tenth one tenth of your talents whatever those are and say lord here you are what i do in the secular world how can i apply it in the ecclesial world how can i serve you through the things that i know how to do Whether I'm a carpenter, a singer, a teacher, whatever it is. I want you to consider that the tithe of all these things belong to the Lord. And of course, when we speak about treasure or finances, I want you all our members to consider and every one of you to consider that a tithe of all the ways in which God has blessed us financially belongs to the Lord. It doesn't belong to us. It belongs to the Lord. And we should do that regularly and constantly. And we need to figure out a way to do it. Uh, Sometimes starting out is hard, but it has to be a goal that we reach to give the tithe of all that we're blessed with unto the Lord. However, there are other things I want you to be aware of when it comes to stewardship. And most often, we are not emphasizing these things. But I want you to realize that the church of Jesus Christ is the steward of the mysteries of God. We are the stewards of the revelation of who God is to this world. 
mysteries that have been withheld from other generations, mysteries that have been withheld from other nations and religions have been delivered and revealed to the people of God. God has revealed himself to this world in this time in ways that we can Uh, that are his mysteries of who he is. And we are holders of those mysteries. We are stewards of the mysteries of God. And you're responsible for what you do with that revelation of the Lord your God. I want you to understand alongside that, that we are the stewards of, of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are the stewards of the fact that Jesus Christ left heaven and came to earth to die for all sins, to reconcile all people unto God the Father. And that God so loved the world that he offered sacrificially his only son to die on a cross. And that revelation has been given to us. We're the stewards of the love of God through Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit to this world. The church is the steward of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want you to understand that we are the stewards of the church. Folks, the responsibilities of the church was not given to angels or archangels or any other being. The the past, the present, and the future of the church is given to us and We have the stewardship and the responsibility of the growth of the kingdom and the responsibility for the church. Alex and and also Father Steve spoke and both mentioned, I believe, uh, what Paul has to say in the second letter to to the Corinthians when he speaks that, uh, as you sow, so will you reap. And, And I want to say to you that as you sow in your church, so will you reap in blessing. As you sow in your church is what you're going to get back. If your church is weak because you're not supporting it or working or serving through it, so will be what you want to receive. But the world, though they don't sow, Jesus has shown in us for the, for the world. We have a responsibility and a stewardship for the church. Either the church is going to be strong because you're going to make it strong. Or the church is going to be weak and needy because you're going to make it weak and needy. We are stewards of what God is doing in this world. And the church, he left us in our hands until the day he comes again. And he will hold us accountable for what we've done with the gospel, with the mysteries of God, and with his church. You are the stewards. A steward is not an owner. A steward is someone that is hired or appointed to manage the goods of the owner. That's what a steward is. Jesus speaks in some of his parables about stewards, the good stewards. Uh, You know, all these things, but we are called in Scripture to be the stewards of these things, but they're not ours. We're going to be held responsible for the responsibilities that have been given us by Christ. That's who we are as stewards. 
I feel, and some pastors shy away from teaching about stewardship or talking about money. I've never had a problem with talking about those things. Maybe it's because I was a banker before I was a priest. But I believe with all my heart that it is the responsibility of pastors to teach stewardship as much as to teach prayer. I think the responsibility of believers need to be taught and encouraged as much as I teach you and encourage you to be in the Word. I think the responsibility of the church to be good stewards and to give financially and generously and cheerfully to the Lord is as important as loving God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. I think that when I encourage you to love your neighbor as yourself, it's as important as if I teach you about stewardship. All of it is the Word of God, and no part of the Word of God should be withheld from God's people. And there's plenty of teaching in Scripture. Father Steve mentioned that I believe, or Alex, of how many passages in Scripture have to do with money. The use of money, the attitude toward money, and how money worships, uh, glorifies the Lord when it is used appropriately. I think it is all the counsel of God. I think all of it is the Word of God. And the people of God should learn how to be cheerful and generous givers. And I want to do do some teaching of that uh, today. Uh, The the theme that we have chosen this year for our stewardship campaign comes from 2 Corinthians. And it is that um, that we learn to be cheerful givers. Cheerful givers. Because it's not so much the amount, although it's important, but the attitude of the heart. If you give unto God grudgingly, you think that will please him? Will he please you if your son or your daughter tells you, I love you, but gradually, uh, uh, gradually, or with a grudge? Or would it be nice if he comes from a heart that really wants to say to you, Dad, I love you. Dad, you have been such an influence in my life. Mom, Mom, I don't know what life would have been like without you. I mean, your heart inflates when, when you hear your children do things like that to you. Imagine God's heart when we give with a cheerful heart that we look for the opportunities that we can tell God how much we love him and appreciate him. So that's the focus this year is that we all learn to be cheerful givers and to give to the Lord with cheerful heart. You see, I see giving to God as an opportunity. Can you imagine? Some of us see giving to God as if somehow Father Jose is trying to reach in your pocket and take something from you that you don't want to give. When giving is an opportunity to be part of what God is doing in this world. Giving is an opportunity to express all that we feel toward God and all He means to us. Giving is an opportunity. The little bitty me, little bitty you, is used by Almighty God to advance something that can change the world. What an opportunity, what a gift from God that He would deem your gift, your offering, something that he would want. 
Giving and tithing is more a, a, an opportunity and a testimony, a testimony of who God is to us. It, it tells the world, it tells other people, even tells other Christians the testimony that God has in your life. But there's another thing that I think it's important. I think when we tithe, it's a testimony of how much you have received. Consider that. That when you tithe to the Lord, it is a testimony of how much God has blessed you. In fact, let me hear this. The bigger your tithe, the bigger your 90% is. Right? The bigger your tithe, the bigger that is your 10% that is given to the Lord. That only, because if you earn little, still a tithe is a tithe. It has nothing to do with amount. Nobody gives more than anybody else or any less than anybody else. Because it is based on how the Lord has blessed you. A tithe of little is still a tithe and it's still in obedience to God. A tithe of much is still a tithe and it's still an obedience to God. So the bigger the tithe, the more God has blessed us. The bigger the testimony. I can tell you with passion in my soul that when my wife and I started to tithe in our first year of marriage, our first daughter was born, and we did not earn together a thousand dollars a month. We did not earn together. In fact, when we got married, she was not employed. I made her get a job as soon as we got married. (laughs) But both of us were so young. She was 19 and I was 23. And we had begun our walk with the Lord together and our tithe together at that time was $100. Of course, rent was $160 a month and gas was less than 30 cents a month. I understand all those things. But for a young couple that decided to be obedient to God and test what we could do in faith with God, $100 was a lot of money at that time. We have never looked back one single month in the 38 years of our marriage. And I won't tell you what my tithe is today, but it is a testimony that the larger my tithe is because my 90% is also growing. And the Lord has blessed me so much that my tithe is a testimony of what God can do in an obedient heart. Also... A tithe doesn't say so much about the size of your wallet, but it says a lot about the size of your heart. I've been a priest nearly 32 years, and I have people in in my churches that have learned the generosity and the opportunity of giving to God. And I have been amazed at times how widows and people receiving Social Security and even welfare because of problems in their lives, still have tithe. And it, it just has blown my mind. It ha- may not have been a large amount, but the sacrifice of some of these widows and some of these uh, older folks and people in need, it just um, amazed me all my life 
how people, when they're touched by the Holy Spirit, have no problem saying unto God, Here you are, Lord, a tithe of my, of my income. And I know in this church there are people that give very sacrificially. So it's not about the size of your wallet. I think tithing is mostly about the size of your heart. Jesus spoke today in the gospel and he said, Give unto Caesar what is Caesar's. We know the government doesn't ask you, they just take it. You get paid and already a a percentage is taken automatically. Some goods come out of it, of course. That's, I, don't, I don't complain about it, but it's not voluntary giving. <laughs> it's taken. But Jesus said, give unto Caesar what is Caesar's, but you who believe need to give unto God what is God's. And just because it's voluntary giving, it's not for you to withhold it from him who owns it all in the first place. The tithe is 10% of all that the Lord has blessed you with for that week, that month, that year. And besides that, the Bible speaks about additional offerings, but the tithe belonged to the Lord. I want to share with you just some things my wife and I have learned that I, you know, you can apply to your lives if you want to. But it is the teaching of your pastor and the things I've learned in the 38 years of not missing one single month of giving my tithe to the Lord. And and I I just want to share with you a couple of things. First of all, if we don't understand this, we don't understand anything. But tithing and giving is an act of worship above everything else. It's not about helping the church. It's about worshiping God. Worshiping means that his worth is set in our hearts. To tithe and to give to the Lord's ministry is an act of worship. It's an act of bowing down and saying, Lord, you have given it all to me. There's nothing in my life that I would keep from you. You are the Lord, you are God, you are my CEO, you are my general, you are everything to me. My life depends on you today, and it will depend on you for the future and forever. I worship you with everything that I am, and I will not withhold from you, for my own usage, something that belongs to you. The tithe or giving to the Lord is primarily an act of worship. I've learned that. And I rejoice with the opportunity of worshiping God, not just with my hands lifted up or my voice or, or up at the altar, but to, to honor Him and to worship Him with my tithe and with my service and with my time and with everything that I possibly can be. The second thing I've learned is that tithing and giving is an act of obedience. It's an act of obedience as much as prayer, as much as study, as much as loving. It is an act of obedience. The scriptures are full of passages where the Lord clearly says, will men rob me? How can we rob you? Because you withhold the tithe from me. 
In the New Testament, we find the sacrificial way in which people gave to the Lord and to the Lord's ministry. Sometimes in painful and in the midst of persecution and sacrifice, they still would give for the the needs of the church in other areas. Ultimately, tithing and giving needs to be set in your heart as an act of obedience. Because God says the tithe is mine. So I've learned that. You know, there's been months probably when it's been hard. There's months when, when it's probably been hard. But to tell you the truth, really, honestly, it's never been hard. It really has not. It's just so written in my heart that, that it's just as natural to me as paying my mortgage or my car payment. It's just natural. It belongs to the Lord and, and, and that's it. I don't have to think about it two times. I don't need to figure it out. I don't have to play with it. I don't need to... It's the Lord's and it's my opportunity to worship Him and to be obedient to Him. Number three, I have learned that tithing and giving is an act of gratitude. It's an act of gratitude. I mean, oh my goodness, if I can tell you, if I can tell you the the numerous blessings God has given us, our family, our church, you are a blessing to me. You are my family. I have been blessed in more ways than I can count. I have been blessed with my Lord. I have been blessed with the forgiveness of all my sins. I have been blessed in the spiritual realm with promises that no one could have given but the Lord. To give and to tithe is an act of gratitude above all things. Worship, obedience, and gratitude. Let me teach you one other thing that I've learned through my years. And I ask you and implore you not to ever do this. Do not tip the Lord. Do not become a tipper. It is demeaning to the God of the universe for us to consider what is the least I can give and still fit in. You can go ahead and tip a a waiter or a waitress. You can go ahead and tip people that serve you. But God should never, ever be tipped. Don't ever give unto God less than what God requires of you. Don't tip Him to make yourself feel good. But always come to the Lord and say, Lord Jesus, here's my need, here's my problem. But I'm going to seek to be obedient to you, but I'm not going to tip you. Giving to the Lord is not about paying taxes to the church or dues. Listen, if you don't give anything, you still belong to the church because you belong to the church because Jesus Christ died for you. That's it. But it is an act that worships him. That shows obedience. And please, I beg you, don't ever have an attitude of tipping God. Just so that people think that you can fit in. You fit in just because Jesus is Lord. One of the things I've also learned and I want to give to you. Is to always set God in tithing and giving as the first fruit. 
the first fruit. The first portion belongs to God. When you create your budget, don't say, I got to pay this, I got to pay that, I got to pay that. And last, what is left, maybe I'll consider giving to God. I think Christians that love God and worship God should say, my tithe belongs to the Lord, and then the rest I will create my budget. One of the things I have done, and I, I, um, my wife and I do it together, but one of the, uh, we pay our tithe on the 15th of every month from the paycheck of the 15th. And once I deposit that check, the very first check that I write is to the church. Now, it doesn't matter if it's the 4th or the 5th or the 10th as long as it gets paid, right? Well, no. In my heart, I want to tell God every month that the first funds that come out of my account are going to be for His glory. So my very first check every single month is from the first fruit. And I write my first check is to the Lord and to the, and my tithe. So I've learned that too. And of course... Uh, we need to learn to give cheerfully. It should be a joy in our hearts to have a part in what God is doing in this world. And that he would use people like us to extend the spiritual kingdom of God for generations and generations through you. Isn't that an amazing thing? That he would choose you to have a part in what he's doing. But we need to do it with cheerfulness. Now, um, again, I said what I said at the beginning. Um, This is a sermon primarily to the people of St. David's. But all of you who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ can take from this something and, and apply it in your own home church. Uh, and, and Because it's not about your church or my church. It's about God. Amen? So I want to encourage all of you. I pray you have learned something today and, and that you will glorify uh, the Lord.